0: Welcome to Hogue MD, a new medical podcast by physicians for physicians. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Hogue MD, where we'll dive into the background of the talented physicians practicing right here in Southern California and discuss the groundbreaking clinical work being led at Hoag. Our guest today is Dr. Dipti Itjaporia, the Eric and Sheila Sampson Endowed Chair in Cardiovascular Health and Director of Disease Management for the Jeffrey M. Carlton Heart and Vascular Institute at Hoag. Dr. Ichapuria completed her residency in internal medicine at Stanford University Medical Center, her cardiology fellowship at Georgetown University, and her interventional cardiology fellowship at Stanford. She is a fellow of the American College of Cardiology, the European Society of Cardiology, and an honorary member of the British Cardiovascular Society. In 2021, Dr. Ichapuria became the 70th president of the American College of Cardiology and its first president of South Asian descent. Dr. Ichapuria has a long history of involvement and leadership within the cardiology community, both in the U.S. and abroad. Dr. Itchapuria, welcome to the Hoag MD Podcast. It is a pleasure to have you here with us today. Thank you so much. So today what we're talking about is so important, we're going to be talking about what women need to know about heart disease. So let's get right into it with this. What do you think are the biggest misconceptions when it comes to women and heart disease?
1: Well, I think number one is the recognition that um, heart disease is the number one killer of women and recognizing that. Even when you combine all cancers, heart disease is still the number one killer for women. I also think that um, we need to recognize that young women are at risk. In fact, over the last decade, we've seen a real bump up in the number of young women presenting with myocardial infarctions.
0: Wow. What is it about our bodies as women uh, that makes us more susceptible to developing heart disease?
1: I'm not sure that it's something uh, that is different. I think that it's uh, our ability to recognize that women have risk factors, that we need to target those earlier. I mean, when you think about traditionally executive physicals and all of that, that was really targeted for men and not really women as much. Um, women also do ha- have the luxury that they have estrogens and they have a, a a decade later presentation for significant heart disease and so as a result, those women were preoccupied with other things, and I think even physicians were preoccupied treating other aspects of women and sometimes we didn 't weren 't as aggressive about um, Heart disease. I'll give you a good example. There's this misnomer that when they're good cholesterols, their HDLs are high, that we don't need to treat their cholesterol. Well, that is not true. Absolutely. All of the major cholesterol trials showed that if you decrease their LDL cholesterol, their bad cholesterol, that you you lower their cardiovascular risk by 40%. So we need to be a little bit more aggressive. Whereas in the past, we didn't target those women because they had good cholesterols that were high, thinking that that protected them. That is not true.
0: it's really good information. Okay, so let's talk about pregnancy and menopause and the role that they play in increasing a woman's risk of developing heart disease. What can you tell us about that?
1: Well, I think the most important thing I can say about pregnancy is that we, when, uh, as a clinician, when we see a woman, we need to be getting Pregnancy related complication history. So we ask about, oh, do you have a history of high blood pressure? We ask about high, uh, all these different things. But we never specifically say when you were pregnant, did you have? gestational high blood pressure, hypertension. Did you have gestational diabetes? Did you have preeclampsia? I think it's important for us to get that history. Those are women that are at higher risk in the long run for heart disease. They're more likely to develop hypertension if they had gestational hypertension. If they had gestational diabetes, they're more likely to get diabetes. But they're also just at higher risk for cardiovascular disease in the long run. So we need to really get the message out for those women. And I, you know, that these women need to be targeted, watched closely, and we need to be more aggressive. I mean, this is a give me. These women come with these problems already there. So we just need to make sure we follow them long term more aggressively. And um, so again, this is where working with our OBGYN colleagues, our internal medicine colleagues, our cardiology colleagues, this team approach that we have at Hogue is really the recipe, I think, in the long run for targeting women with heart disease.
0: What happens during menopause that changes our risk?
1: Well, uh, there's hormonal changes. So as our estrogen levels go down, our uh, good cholesterol also goes down. Our bad cholesterol goes up. So that's really one of the big profound changes. And obviously, that puts us at higher risk. But again, in menopause, there are some other changes. I mean, women tend to gain a little bit more weight. So certainly, that can increase their risk for having diabetes, high blood pressure. So hypertension becomes more of an issue, um, diabetes, all of those things. And I think, again... It's a perfect storm for us to really take the time to look at what the individual risk factors are for an individual woman.
0: Let's talk about trying to uh, make our risk as small as possible. What should we be doing to take the best possible care of our hearts?
1: Well, I think... um, clinicians need to sit and talk to their patients about all of the different risk factors that we that we know. so there are traditional and non-traditional risk factors, right? So traditional risk factors would include hypertension, hyperlipidemia, um, obesity, diabetes, Can't really do much about family history, but it is important to get that history. um, Age, and certainly as they're getting older, their risk is going to increase. But I think looking at the non traditional risk factors, and I mentioned one, which is the pregnancy related complications, but I will say rheumatologic diseases, um, so lupus and rheumatoid arthritis, is considered a risk enhancer. So we need to, again, be a little bit more attuned to those women because they may potentially have higher risk. Also depression. Depression has been something that has been coming out, that women tend to have more depression and as a result is a contributing factor to their long-term cardiovascular health. And so we need to target those those women to make sure they're getting ample risk reduction.
0: Wow. And of course, conversations about exercise absolutely. and diet are important, right? Uh, absolutely.
1: I would say f- physical activity is, is very, very important. Uh, I really emphasize that 30 minutes of cardiovascular exercise cuts their cardiac mortality 50%. And I think clinicians really need to emphasize how important it is and that it's really about the consistency of exercise rather than the intensity of exercise that they really, so I, again, I think exercise is important. And of course, diet is because diet is what's going to translate into what their cholesterol levels are, if they tend to have prediabetes or diabetes, and also certainly contributor to even hypertension, they need to watch their salt intake. Um, All of those things are extremely important.
0: How do you think gender bias in research has contributed to our understanding and treatment of heart disease in women? And would you say that's changing
1: well traditionally if you look at clinical trials and if you look at the enrollment of who is in part of those clinical trials women are less than a quarter of the you know of the population so we're basically treating women based on data that was collected on men so that's really how gender bias plays out in this now is that the right thing are we just a duplicate of a man I would say probably not. And we have seen some of those differences as there are research projects that are being done. So is that changing? Absolutely. The NIH had, had, uh, you know, over almost like a decade ago now, uh, a a rule that said clinical trials should at least strive to have 50% women enrolled. And so there have been efforts. But we still haven't achieved that goal. I think we're probably greater than 30% now. Uh, and, but I think that's the push, is to try to get more women involved in clinical trials. I will tell you, there are a lot more women researchers out there now, and as a result, some of them are focused specifically on what are the sex-specific differences, in, particularly in heart disease. And so all of that data is coming in, and I think that will help us to have more of a targeted therapy for women.
0: How do you work with the referring physician to care for the patient and and help their family through this process as well?
1: Well, I think communication is the key for that, right? We need to not only communicate with our patients about their diagnosis, the families about how they can support the individual patient, but I also think the physicians, uh, as I said, that team approach is really important. It really does take a village, right? And so to have all the physicians involved in the care of a patient understand what the issues are communicate well um, so that we can do that collaborative approach to care and also personalize the care for the individual patient.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Itjaporia. It's been really nice talking to you today and we really appreciate all the information that you gave us.
1: Thank you very much.
0: And again, Dr. Achaporia is an endowed chair in cardiovascular health as well as the director of disease management for the Jeffrey M. Carlton Heart and Vascular Institute at Hoge. That's going to do it for this episode of Hogue MD. Thank you for listening today. Thank you for listening to Hogue MD. If you haven't already, please remember to like, comment, and review. And subscribe to catch all our future episodes.